Welcome to the Readerly Report, a podcast of Readerly Magazine. Your hosts are Gail Weisswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. So welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. We are going to be heading into... Uh, I guess the big holiday weekend of the summer, one of the big holiday weekends of the summer. And we would not be good show hosts if we didn't leave you with a few reads to pick up to read over the holiday weekend. And then uh, we briefly want to discuss some stuff that's coming up. Yes. So Gail, why don't you start us off? Okay. So, there's a book that I keep reading about. I think I read about it in Us Weekly, which I'm sort of embarrassed to admit, but I believe that it was recommended in Us Weekly. Um, but I happened to see it in some other publications as well. So um, I thought maybe it was worth including. And it's called The Light We Lost, and it's by Jill Santopolo. And this is like one of those books I can't resist. It's a book about... Two people, Lucy and Gabe, who meet in college and they start, they they're good, become good friends, they start dating, and then being young 20-somethings, their lives go in different directions. And then it's a question of you know, sort of how they stay in each other's lives over the next 13 years. And so that type of book is like always right up my alley. So um, I would like to... Uh, read this one and it came out in May, on May 9th. So it came out actually a couple weeks ago. So it's, if this sounds appealing, then you can pick it up today. It's described in Goodreads as me before you meets one day, which I read both of those books and liked them both. And um, that description is intriguing to me. So I think I would, I would like to give it a try. Do you trust those when they do the cross-betweens, do you find them accurate a lot of times? Mm, I don't know if they're accurate, but at least it's like a point on the map. Right. You know, I mean, half of them say gone girl, this, gone girl, that, and usually I just dismiss that. But, right. you know, if it's if it's – especially if it's two books I've read, I'm like, well, that's already two filters that somebody thinks, some publicist somewhere thinks is reasonably legit. So – um I don't know. I mean, I could tell you after I read it, but if it says me before you meets one day, that sounds like a, a good summary to me. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the Goodreads reviews of this were, uh, were pretty good. Um, some people are like, I'm sick of these sort of young New Yorkers falling in love type of books. And I don't know, some of them make it sound like it's a little pretentious, but I don't know. I think it sounded good and I would I would definitely pick this one up. I like the cover. The cover is sweet. Isn't it purple with those little it's like silhouettes? Yeah. Yeah. Um I think there's a 9/11 element to it as well. And yeah, actually I think they met a 9/11. So there's a 9/11 context which I always find moving having lived through nine eleven, um, like so many people, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to see this one. I think it also said, I think Goodreads said that Chelsea Clinton was a fan. 
<laughs> so they just yes. they're just piling it on. Yeah. Here's somebody who gave it a one star. She said, did you ever have a friend who cannot stop yammering about the love that got away? Imagine over 30 pages of that and you have the essentials of this book, which doesn't sound that bad to me. (laughs) (laughs) She gave it one star, but um, she recommends it for colon no one, which is pretty harsh. (laughs) All right, Gail. So you'll you'll have to speak for the no ones of the the world. I am the no ones of the world. And And you'll let us know. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, so what's your uh, what's your recommended June, late May pick? I've been wanting to read this because uh, I read her first book, California. Eden Lepucky has a new book out, and this one is called Woman Number Seventeen, and it is about this woman. It's it's you know they say it's a a sinister, sexy noir about art, motherhood, and the intensity of female friendship. So mm. I don't know. I love I love a good intense female friendship. Mm-hmm. So, but it's about this writer who lives in the Hollywood Hills, and she decides to take a break from her husband. She's trying to finish her memoir, so she hires this young woman to, I guess, help around the house and help with the kids. But it says, as the summer wears on, S, I, I guess this is the young woman she's hired, S's connection to Lady's older son takes a disturbing and possibly destructive turn. So... It has a lot of elements that I'm really interested in. I liked her first book, California. I feel like it got really mixed reviews. That was the book that was on, I believe it was on Colbert. That was around the time that something was going on with Amazon and they were had like pulled maybe Hachette's books. Oh. They had pulled the buy buttons or something. Right. So he, you know, in protest was having, he wanted people on his show to buy a book and he picked her book, California, which was kind of like this dystopian novel about this couple who are living in the woods and they find the settlement. It's about what happens to them in the settlement and, and, and whether it was good that they went or not. And I really enjoyed it. Hmm. So she's a good writer and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with this. I'm always, I'm intrigued now because there's all these stories about women just leaving their marriages or having open relationships or it's just a lot cooking around marriage and, and also female friendships. Yeah. That seems to be a theme that, yeah, that theme has been getting a lot of attention lately. Right. So I don't know if it's escapism, maybe it's helping people to stay in their marriages. Right. Live vicariously through a book character, and then you can stay exactly. committed to your husband. Yep. Right. You don't have to throw him overboard and hire some sexy young thing to like right. seduce your son or whatever. Do you know what I find so funny along that line? So I was reading an interview with um, whoever it was that wrote The Arrangement, Sarah Dunn. And as you know, The Arrangement, I talked about in an earlier show, is about open marriage. And if you... If you ever read these interviews with these authors who talk about affairs or open marriages or leave walking away, they always say the same thing. They're like, oh, I mean, I would never do that. Or my marriage isn't like that. Or no, of course I'm not talking about my own husband. Right. But it's like someone is, someone's doing it, you know? And so these authors are basing these stories on something. It can't be pure conjecture, pure fantasy, pure escape. There's obviously like some truth to what these people are writing and it just i just find it so funny because they'll never no one ever admits it 
they're all studying someone else's lives to get this information. Right. Okay. So they all have like four best friends who are going through this exact same thing. And they're, you know, <laughs> they have the luxury of a, of a wonderfully supportive husband in a completely fulfilling marriage, but they have, you know, all these details from their friends that they can write about. I don't know. I just exactly. find it funny. Right. I find it suspicious. Uh, okay. So my next book is a summer camp book because oh. we are getting into summer. And this is called Perennials by Mandy Berman, and it comes out on June 6th, and it is about two friends. So we've got a friendship book set in summer camp. Oh, and listen to this. It says it's uh, – this is why you and I both need to read this book. It is for readers of Stephanie Dandler. I've never heard of her. Anton Disclafani, who you like, Jennifer Close, who we both like, and Curtis Sittenfeld, who I love. The first one, we we know that. Stephanie Dandler, she well, I read Sweet Bitter. She wrote Sweet Bitter. Oh, she wrote Sweet Bitter. I yeah. have Sweet Bitter. I, does that count if I have it in the house? Sure. So I, <laughs> I have an affinity for this author. Okay, so no, well, those it's interesting because those books are very similar in tone. Sweet Bitter and Anton Disclafani. So I don't know. There can be like a lot of detail, a lot of I don't know. Both those, both Anton Disclafani, her last book made me really. Cr- claustrophobic we talked about that mm-hmm. and sweet bitter was kind of the same way you're so intensely into these characters heads that it can kind of be uncomfortable hmm. well i don't know if you put jennifer close and curtis sittenfeld so maybe they add some balance yes because they're like well i don't know how detailed they are they're hyper realistic right very very realistic and I like them both a lot. So, well, both both uh, Disclafani and Damler, they're hyper realistic as well. I would say. Yeah. Well, then I probably and that was on my list as well. Oh, to read. Was? So yes. Oh, good. Um, I'm going to click want to read right now on my Goodreads, so that then in two weeks I'm going to get an email saying that there's a giveaway for this book, and then I'll enter it, and it'll say that they're giving away 10 copies and that there are 6,000 people who have entered. And I'll feel really good about my odds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so this is a book about two friends who were like besties at camp. And now they have gone to college, but they come back as counselors. And they're finding that their relationship is more complicated because they're really different. And they're starting to keep secrets from each other. And they're growing apart. And all this tension builds up. Except then it builds to a tragic event, which when the cover of the book has a has a lake on it, makes me suspicious someone's going to drown. Right. If a lake yeah. is introduced in the first third of the book. Yeah. So it's like if there's a gun. Gonna, right. If there's a gun in the book, it will go off. If there's a lake, someone will drown. Right. But it's got, uh, you know, summer camp and best friends and I don't know. Again. It's, it's our thing. It's our thing. Do what you want to do. <laughs> so yeah so i want to read it that's what i want to do and uh hopefully i'll pick this book up somewhere uh okay so that is my book number two what's your book number two my book number two is this book called shadow man by alan drew and when i first um i got a review copy of it and when i fir- it first came i looked at the cover and it was like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna read this i don't want this but then i looked and it said what Dennis Lehane does for Boston, Alan Drew does for Southern California. Oh, that's a 
It's catnip for you. And I got super interested. <laughs> um, so it has lots of our favorite tropes in it. You know, it, it is someone is returning to their hometown to try to save their marriage. I mean, we, in all books, people run home. <laughs> yep. To do everything, to find themselves, you know, if they've gotten divorced, if someone has died, if the law is after them, you run home because everything is resolved when you run to your hometown. Right. So anyway, he is a detective. He's returned to his hometown. He's um, looking for a quieter life. And the detective's name is Ben Wade, since I'm saying he, he, he. But then, so I guess as he's trying to live a quieter detective-like life and save his marriage... A serial killer um, is on the loose. Oh. And, you know, of course he's going to be all up in that. It'll probably, and he has to deal with episodes from his past as he's dealing with that, of course. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, but yeah, so once I said Dennis Lehane, what Dennis Lehane does for Boston, I, you know, I'm going to at least read the first few chapters and... If it's suspenseful like that, I'm sure I'll read the whole thing. But it sounds like it's up your alley. Sounds like I have to do it. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my third one, I think I've mentioned it already on the show, is called Standard Deviation by Katherine Heine. And I read her collection of stories um, maybe a year or two ago and really liked them. And, um, this one is about marriage and it's about a guy who's married to his second wife, who's the opposite of his first wife, but then he kind of finds her annoying and he finds himself kind of drawn to his first wife. So I don't know if it's the plot so much that has intrigued me as much as it's the writer. And I liked her first book a lot. I like just kind of wry, funny observational is that a word um, yeah observant maybe that's what I wanted probably um, <laughs> observant writing and uh, I liked it a lot so when I heard this was coming out I jumped on it I've got it in the house and I think I also have it on audio I think I downloaded that last night so um, this may be my next I'm about to finish an audiobook so I may start this one like tomorrow and uh, I'm a fan so this comes out June 1st so we've got another week or two. I guess beginning uh, middle of next week, this will come out. So standard deviation by Catherine Heine. Yeah. I want to read that. That's on my list. Yeah. You probably would like it. And you read, you said you just read a book by her and liked it. Yes. I forgot what it was called. Single. Oh, I remember it was short stories because I read those and and they're really good. Really good. Single carefree mellow. Right. That's what it's called. Oh my God. I got that without looking it up. I'm yay, not me- yay memory <laughs> yay memory it's not gone yet uh yeah single carefree mellow and i heard her speak at politics and prose and that you know okay classic example that book is all about infidelity like everyone's cheating on everyone in that book and then they asked her about it she's like no no i have this great marriage a really supportive husband <laughs> i was like what everyone oh, does yeah. Oh, it's funny. While I'm looking at Goodreads here, there's a, both a banner ad and a sidebar ad for Woman Number Woman Number Seventeen, which you just talked about. It's like they yeah. knew. I think that's really interesting. She switched. I mean, because her first book was on uh, one of the Hachette 
imprint, and this one's on Random House. Which one? The Catherine Heine? Um, no, not Catherine. Oh, oh yours. Woman okay. number seventeen. Yeah. And so that's they're, that's they're always it a lot. yeah they're really giving it a push, but it's always interesting to me when an author switches. If they have a debut novel come out, you know, and then they're with another publishing company. Yeah. For the second book. Right. You wonder what's going on there. I'm like, what's the story? Yeah, exactly. Okay, what's your book number three? So my book number three is actually the paperback release of Anna Quinlan's book. And in June, she's going to be like, she's doing this special book club thing in New York. She's going to be at Random House and she, you know, I think they're going to hold a book club for this book beforehand, and then she's going to come and talk to the audience, and there will be wine and hors d'oeuvres. So it sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to that. I haven't read a lot of Anna Quinlan. I read Black and Blue, mm-hmm. and I feel like I was young and didn't really like when, when books had really depressing endings, and I feel like Black and Blue had a depressing ending. Yeah, you need age for that. So, yeah, it's like this did not work. You know, it was it was not resolved happily. So I haven't read anything of hers since then. But I remember enjoying the writing. You know, she was a good writer. Yep. I've never read anything by her either. Actually, maybe I read something a really long time ago, like one of her really early ones, like right out because she started out as a New York Times columnist, right? I don't know. Yeah, she was a journalist for a long time, and then she wrote her first novel, and I believe I read that one, and I forgot what it was called. This was like years and years ago, long before I was blogging, and then I don't think I've read anything since, so I'll be in- interested to hear what you think. And so, and this one seems like it's just, it's it's about this family, the Millers, who have lived in Millers Valley for many generations. It's sort of coming of age because it's about a daughter who is observing what's her parents and what's going on in the town around her. And it says something about the toxicity of family secrets and the dangers of gossip. Hmm. So it sounds really interesting. A study of family memory loss and ultimately discovery of finding true identity and a new vision of home. So it seems like it's going to be one of those coming of age stories that even though it is, um, probably told from teenage perspective has a lot of adult things going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see exactly what those secrets will be. If I find her her novels as grim as I did originally, I feel like her first novel was Black and Blue, though, and that was one about abduction and and it just it doesn't turn out well. Like maybe domestic, that's the one I read. Domestic abuse. All right, I'm going to look at it and see if it remotely rings a bell. There was one called One True Thing, right? Or was it that it? Hmm. Actually, I think that's what I read. Here, wait, I'm looking at One True Thing because that sounds more... Yeah, I read Black and Blue. I think, yeah, I think I read this one. I think it came out... You read One True Thing? I think so, although that was 2006. That doesn't sound right. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to figure this out because now I'm curious to know which one I read. Okay, well, I have one more book. Just to mention, because it's uh, it is a long ways away. Okay. Um, but I've but I learned last night that Tom Parada has a new book out. So Tom Parada is the author of The Leftovers, which has been made into a very popular TV series. Um, God, I can't even remember all the other books he's written. He is like the chronicler of 
the New York suburban scene. All of his books take place in like Long Island or Westchester. Oh, he wrote Election. That's right. He wrote Little Children, both of which were made into movies. Um, so, you know, if you've read one to, well, I would say if you've read one Tom Parada, you've read them all, but that's not really true because they are very different. I thought Election was a brilliant movie. I'm not sure I ever read the book. Little Children I thought was great, both movie and and book. And I've read a bunch of his other stuff. So he has a new book coming out about um, a 46-year-old woman who has is facing an empty nest and she is bored and lonely and she sort of like starts to get addicted to like online like porn and fantasy worlds. Interesting. And, yeah. And so it says, but her online fixations begin to spill over into real life. So then, you know, it's sort of like, how does this like change her suburban existence? And then there's a, there's a, a parallel theme about her son who's at college and how he's having trouble adjusting because he's a kind of a frat boy and he's learning that that behavior is not really welcome anymore. Um, so it says, it's a timeless examination of sexuality, identity, parenthood, and the big clarifying mistakes people can make when they're no longer sure of who they are or where they belong. So I think I have to read this one. Um, it's the first book he's had out in a while. And... I'm a big fan, so he's probably been so busy with the series. Yeah, I don't know if he what role he's playing in the adaptation. I started to watch that. I liked The Leftovers. That was a weird book, kind of dystopian. Is he the guy that? Oh, I went up to him. That's right. I would. You were probably with me. I went up to him at BEA a few years ago, <laughs> and I said, "If anybody can get me into dystopia, it's you, Tom Parada." <laughs> Because I don't like dystopian books, but I read his because it was Tom Parada. And I said that I give him credit for dragging me kicking and screaming into dystopia. So um, I started to watch the series and it was so dark and violent. Like dogs were getting hit by cars. And I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get into it. So, but I've heard people say it's great. Yeah. I was um, thinking about getting into that, you know, doing some kind of binge thing with that, but. Now that yeah. you've mentioned animals, you know, undergoing violence. It was like the first episode. It may not have ever <laughs> happened again. <laughs> but maybe once is too much. Yeah. So anyway, it's not it's not too out till August, so it's a little bit soon to be talking about it here, but I was excited to come across it, so I thought I'd mention it. So everyone else can be excited too. So that's all I had. Do you have anything else for May, June? Or should we wrap up? Let me see. What are you reading right now? Are you reading anything good right now? Um, I picked up this book the other day, which I may have picked up at BEA. I don't remember where I got it. It's called The Book That Matters Most by oh, Anne yeah, Hood. Oh, yeah, Anne Hood. Yeah. Did you read that? No. Okay. So I don't know. I picked it up, and like the next thing I knew, it was 45 pages later. Oh. So, which is, you know. Good. That's yeah, promising. It's promising. It's not – it's definitely not perfect, and – it's kind of bizarre in some ways, but it's holding my attention. So I'm reading it and uh, it's, uh, I'll save my review of it for a future podcast. What's it about? It's about this woman who lives in Providence, whose husband has left her and she joins this book club and. Oh, you got me there. Book club. Book club. And what they have to do on the book club is pick this is the, for this particular year of the book club, there's 12 people in it. And for each month, somebody picks 
the book that mattered most to them in their life. And everyone else has to read it. But I went on Goodreads and I can see this criticism being valid that there's a bunch of other subplots happening in this book that she's got this daughter who's living in Europe who is troubled and she's worried about her daughter. And then her, she's also dealing with the the traumatic memory of her sister and mother dying within a year of each other when she was young. So there's that. And then she's dealing with this husband who's left her. So people have said that she, that the author tried to cover too much in the book. And I can see how that may be possible, but it's holding my attention and uh, you know, I'll probably finish that this week. So um, no complaints about that. And what did you say you were listening to on audio? Well, I'm finishing up Caroline Levitt's book, uh, Cruel, Beautiful Summer. Cruel, okay. Beautiful Summer. Yeah, which you and I have discussed, which I will also save for a future podcast. But that's a, that's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's got some, it has some issues. Oh, I have an update for you. So I read The Stars of Fire. <gasps> and, and? And I really liked it. Oh, good. I think hopefully you will agree with me because I know I am one of the late adopters of Anita Shreve. So well, I <laughs> I'm on the spectrum that right thinks here. her books are, I, I still think they're good and everyone else thinks they're crap, but I think this is a really good one. And yeah. well, you and I are not, a, we, you and I are in agreement. I like her books too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got it sitting here. I'm, I'm opening the audio as we speak because I've got, a, I've got it on disc here. So just to refresh everyone, it takes place in 1947 in Maine. It's about this this young wife who um, her and her husband have two children, and she's a little bit adrift in her marriage. And then there is a big fire that takes place in Maine that basically that it just sweeps from town to town. It's all-encompassing, and her husband disappears during this fire, and she gets a chance to you know, build her life. She gets a chance to step out a little bit and build her life more in the way that she would like to live it. She gets a job, she meets people. Um, and then something happens, of course, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something happens that changes, um, that rocks the foundation of her new, her new hard fought independence. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think that's a, that's good for the weekend to curl up with. It was really engrossing. And, you know, it's set on Maine. It's in Maine, so it's on the beach. You know, there's that element to it. And I just love the way she incorporates It's set in 1947, so I just love the time period and the way she incorporates the details of how marriage worked back then and what her thoughts were and what the lives of her neighbors look like. I mean, she's really good at just setting the scene of the claustrophobia of this life and how this woman wants more. And, you know, I mean, you're just like rooting for her to get it and then wondering what she's going to do when things change again. So good. All right. Well, it's either that or Catherine Heine. That'll be my next audio. And then I read a book, and I'll mention it. It's called The Unprotected. It's by Kelly Sokol, and it's about this woman who is trying to get pregnant and her experience in trying to get pregnant. You know, she has a couple of miscarriages and really wants a child with her husband. And then what happens when she gets pregnant, like how her life changes as she gets pregnant, 
and when it's not as pleasant an experience as she thought it would be. Is this fiction or non? This is fiction. Ooh, I have to read that. Uh, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> Again, I have to read that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot who I'm talking to. <laughs> have we met Nicole? <laughs> yeah. So it's grim and depressing and claustrophobic and... I don't know. I'm always curious about motherhood stories. I feel like we always get the extremes. Either everyone loves motherhood and it's like amazing or it's awful. What did you say that was called? The Unprotected. Okay, I'm pulling it up right now. Kelly Sokol, I see it right there. Yep, I want to read that. So. Cool. Grim, wow, depressing is... marriage and um, pregnancy stories. If that is up your alley, then this is the book for yeah. you. I have to say this blog, this podcast has been like an embarrassment of riches. Like <laughs> This is like, I want to read every single book that we've talked about. I know, it's hard. But we're keeping lists of what we've talked about and what we're reading. And, you know, if we can update you on anything... With our podcast of books that we're looking forward to, we're definitely going to keep an eye and come back and let you know if we've read something really good or, you know, if we didn't That's like so it good. as much as we thought we did. Yeah, we're always honest. We're honest here. Yes. Um, okay, well, uh, Nicole and I will be at BEA next week, and I'm sure we will have lots and lots to share after that. Um, and in the meantime, happy Memorial Day and happy reading. Happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.